Welcome to Queen of the Ring, a podcast that wants to talk to you about wrestling. My name is Alexa. Today I want to talk about Nyla Rose. Nyla's been with AEW All Elite Wrestling since its inception in 2019. She's been breaking ground in so many different areas throughout her whole career, and especially in the last two years of working with AEW, and she is just a sick-ass person that deserves a deep dive and a nice conversation. Nyla was born on August 3rd, 1982 in D.C. She's Native American from the Oneida Nation, and she's Black. And Growing up, she was an only child, but I do believe she actually had siblings. She just wasn't raised with them. She loves Pokemon and has loved video games since she was little. She still plays video games to this day. She talks about having many interests throughout her life, but she loves photography, and she's formally trained in theater, And she loves acting, and she says there's nothing like doing live theater. But once she started training in wrestling, she found that it offers a very similar feeling. As a child of her generation growing up in the 90s, she was very into professional wrestling, like many people were coming into the Attitude Era in WWE. But her beginnings of liking it goes a lot longer and a lot deeper She got into wrestling because her grandmother loved it. And when she was in her younger days, like so many other people, she would go down to her local armory to see the likes of Haystacks Calhoun, who was a wrestler between the 1960s into the late 1970s. She says she grew up with that little kid attitude of like, I want to jump off shit. (laughs) And as other kids would tell their teachers that they want to be vets or pop stars or whatever little kids say, she would say to them that she wanted to be a stuntman. Some of her favorite wrestlers growing up were Ted DiBiase, Roddy Piper, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Alundra Blaze, Lita, Trish Stratus, and she mentions even more. And she says she knew she wanted to be a wrestler when she realized wrestling was something that people actually did. She said it felt so out of grasp at first, but After getting her own car, after high school, and saving money, she found her own way into getting herself to her dream. While she was in college in Manassas, Virginia, she started training. And at the time, Nyla was presenting as male while living as Nyla in her private life. Nyla's a transgender woman, and she said that she was just starting to come into the way that she felt comfortable presenting around the time she started training. And... She said that her first match was in 2012, presenting male, and her name at the time was Robot Ninja, which was not chosen by her, she says. The promoters just knew that she had martial arts experience. She came out to the people training her and the people that were training with her, and she says everyone was pretty accepting, but she was really understandably nervous to do so. And survivability is paramount and you have to do what you have to do to protect yourself and preserve yourself and I could only I can't imagine the the complexities and that come with that and the emotions 
right around this time, though, she says that she needed to take off time training. She was transitioning and to take care of herself physically and mentally, she needed that time separate. The way her family dealt with her transness was, of course, complicated. Um, She says her mom knew something was different about her than the other kids that she was around. Um, And she sadly says that she really didn't want to take her mom's son away from her and thought that for a long time it would be selfish to do that, which is really sad because it's, of course, not it's not um, selfish to do that, but it's, you know, it's that complexity that comes with family. And she decided that she finally had to tell her mom and come out to her for her own happiness. And she had to transition for her because she said she didn't see an end at the end of like this darkness without doing so personally. Um, And she feels lucky that her mom learned to accept her and was still very supportive of her through her complicated feelings. And her dad, on the other hand, she says she was so fucking scared to tell him and he ended up being very accepting just immediately. He just said, okay. So back to 2013, Nyla got a job as a PA on a movie that was being filmed in West Virginia. And on one of the off nights, she went to a wrestling show. And so while she was there, she ended up talking to the people who worked it, told them about her previous training, and ended up staying there and working regularly under her own name, Nyla Rose. I believe at this time she started wearing the in-ring gear that she wears to this day, but I could be wrong about that because there's not very much information on fashion in the wrestling ring, which I'm personally very interested in. But there on the front of it is a red handprint, which she says represents a couple of things, one being her high prowess in hand-to-hand combat, and the other being that red handprint is used to recognize and represent the massive amounts of missing indigenous women that there are all through North America because it is an absolute epidemic that has been going on for the last hundreds of years throughout this whole continent. But to get back to Nyla, she just kept training and working for a while and to jump forward. In 2016, she moved to Canada to film a show called The Switch, um, and it's about a group of young trans people who are just living their lives in Vancouver. And just after filming The Switch, she came back to the States, and she says, Nyla says that there's like a lot happening around her at that time, like her car was in the shop, everything was complicated, shit was just kind of hectic. Um, but at this same time, her friend reached out to her saying that Chigusa Nagayo had a second round of tryouts for her company Marvelous in New York, and said that if Nyla was smart, she would do whatever the fuck she had to do to get there because she needed to be there. Chigusa Nagayo is a legendary Joshi, um, one of the pioneers of women's wrestling in Japan and everywhere else for that matter. She was a part of the very iconic tag team, the Crush Gals in All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling, AJW, uh, in the 1980s, alongside her partner, Lioness Asuka. While Nyla was at these tryouts, she must have impressed her because she was asked by Shigusa Nagayo herself to perform the next day in a show. And before the show had even ended, she approached Nyla asking if she would ever consider performing in Japan. And like Nyla said that she had hope, but no expectation that would actually happen because 
that's life. And success in wrestling is elusive. And the mere opportunity of it was just absolutely incredible, she said. But then she started getting contacted by translators and knew it was for fucking real. And she was grateful and honored that she was able to do it. Um, So when she got to Japan, she did a few different shows with them. And they were touring all around Japan in this huge RV. And one night, they were driving to Sendai Girls, the place former Queen of the Ring Kagetsu trained, if you want to go back to that episode. And Nyla was asleep in the back as they had gotten up at like 4 a.m. to drive six hours. While she was sleeping and everyone else was just sitting in the van, one of the rear tires blew out. And after skidding down the road, they started rolling. She says that they rolled for what felt like an infinite amount of times, and she was not buckled in at all. And when the bus finished rolling, it ended up on its side, and they had to begin to lift each other out through the sunroof because the doors were crushed underneath it. Nyla was the last one out, and she said she had to like parkour her way out of there. (laughs) She just came out with a super swollen ankle, and everyone else was okay to my knowledge. And because of, like, where they had actually crashed, they had to just keep going to Sendai Girls because they were very close to there and just so much further away from home. And, I don't know, she wanted to impress Miko Satomura, a legend as well, who ran Sendai Girls at the time. Um, She wanted to still perform that night, and she said it was probably dumb, but she won her matches, and (laughs) she did impress the people there, but... Because of that, she couldn't train afterwards because of the injury, and she had to stop training in Japan for like a month. And another time Nyla was out there in Japan, she did some stuff for the show Tofu Pro Wrestling. It was a dramatic show, like a TV show about a young girl who worked in her parents' tofu shop, but was also pursuing her dreams as a professional wrestler. And apparently most of the people on the show were singers, not wrestlers, so that makes it kind of difficult. But another notable person that appeared on the show was Kenny Omega, who is regularly named as the best wrestler in the world. Nyla says she feels more appreciated in Japan than she does in the States, as she feels like people in the States just do not know how to book her because she is trans. Going to Japan gave her the chance to get her name out there in a way that the States would not allow her to. And she says she finally started to feel like maybe there was a place for her in the world of wrestling. Like she says that when she performed in areas of the U.S. that are considered the Bible Belt, she would heavily anticipate the hate that she would receive. And she says something like, these people are not booing my character, they're booing my mere existence. And she doesn't understand people's genuine disrespect towards her because she would never extend that same feeling towards another. We're all just people, and recognizing people's personhood can lead to a lot more understanding. To lead into the time that she starts working for AEW, in this episode of Alexa Listens to Chris Jericho's podcast, Talk is Jericho, and reports back his weirdness and complicated feelings about him, Surprise! He asks some questions that prompt amazing answers from Nyla, but the questions themselves are pretty uneducated, uninformed things about transness. 
One of them being the quote-unquote debate of trans women being allowed to compete with cisgender women in athletic competition. Like, he asks this question in a really badly worded way, but Nyla immediately comes out of the gate. Like, the misconceptions people have occur when they conflate their personal feelings with actual facts. People are so wrapped up in their rage, they do not pay attention to said facts. Like, Nyla does not owe any quote-unquote proof that she should be able to compete with other women like like she does in AEW. She should just be able to compete with other women like herself. But Nyla talks about the effects of estrogen on her personally, and I know that many other people have similar reactions, and how she physically felt herself losing the strength she once occupied. She felt like she said that she felt like the Hulk, like completely like phasing out of his Hulkness. <laughs> And similarly, she mentions a story of a young trans man named Mac Beggs, who I bet a lot of people know about. Um, he was in he was wrestling in his high school, I believe, in Texas, and he requested to be placed within the men's team and was denied and placed into the women's team. Well, that didn't really go very well because he was like annihilating his competitors because he was wrestling women, and she questions the fake rage people had that were directed at him for being there at all, saying it's unfair, even though he initially asked to be placed with the men. I think this story is good to include because whenever people talk about trans folks participating in sports, trans men are really a part of that conversation and trans women are pinpointed and focused on and it's, it's just a strange double standard. To pan out back to Chris Jericho because... That's where we are in this. She is telling all of this to Chris Jericho. He then literally comes for every single fucking one of us with this weird ass story as a response. He went to Trump Tower and interviewed Donald Trump Jr. about, I guess, a bunch of shit. And part of it, I guess, Donald Trump Jr. started on this shitty rant about trans people in sports and that he doesn't think it's right and who cares whatever and chris lets us know that he decided to edit out that part of the conversation because he himself doesn't know anything about that and he came to believe donald trump jr didn't know anything about that either so he thought it was wise to not include false information Nyla, in response, talks about how she gets negativity and she receives it every single fucking day online. And anything she does is combated. But the people, the actual people she's working with, do not have a problem with her mere presence. She says they don't really question it at all. Because the reality is that wrestlers go up against people three times their size, much smaller, taller, wider, narrower, faster, whatever the fuck, all the fucking time. And no one ever questions that. They don't question the size difference. When it's that, they just have a big problem with trans people and they just are veiling it in a strange way of technicality. Nyla recognizes that even though if she doesn't specifically see it, she is a role model for other folks who see themselves in her. Um, and it seems pretty surreal. Throughout interviews that I saw, it seems like Everybody asks her how it feels to be a role model for other trans folks, which seems like a very difficult question to answer. She's always confirming that representation is what matters, really. And when we individualize social societal inequality, not much can be done. When someone is brought to understanding about transness, 
gay people or any other marginalized groups really by one person. It kind of removes the facts of the systemized ways that many of these folks are being subjugated. And I just want to bring this up because Nyla is continually reminding folks that these are whole communities and that these are real people. And I just think that's important to say personally. To get into the last few years, on the first day of 2019, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, was founded by Tony Khan, who is a billionaire. (laughs) His dad, I think, owns the Jaguars or something. But he started this wrestling company with a bunch of big names in the industry, like the aforementioned Chris Jericho. But it was the aforementioned Kenny Omega that brought Nyla into AEW. He DM'd her, I think, on Twitter, if I believe so. Uh, And she thinks that the connection is through their mutual experience on Tofu Pro Wrestling, which I love. The first ever women's match in AEW included Nyla and a Japanese wrestler named Riho. And it's there's this really intense size difference between them. Riho is like the tiniest woman you ever saw in your life, and she ends up taking Nyla out in this super sick way. I definitely recommend looking it up. Nyla says that she loves working at AEW because she is a fan of wrestling at heart, and she loves to be a part of the business and learn from watching. And that's so funny because my boyfriend and I were literally just talking about how People who like AEW are true fans of wrestling. You know, maybe they don't have the numbers that WWE has, but their fans are wrestling fans. It's the type of storylines, the type of content that they release that really attracts people who have, you know, were fans since, you know, maybe the the early 2000s or so. Not saying that if you like any other type of wrestling that you're not a real fan because I will not gatekeep wrestling for fucking anybody. And Nyla has said that since starting to work at AEW, she feels really safe in that environment and she feels really supported as well. And right after getting her full-fledged contract, she took part in a crazy four-way match against the likes of Britt Baker and the legendary Awesome Kong, which just could only have, I could only imagine, could have been such an incredible moment for her. Nyla was married. I don't know what year she was, but her her wife's name is Kalena. And that's so sweet. And I hope they're doing well. (laughs) In 2020, Nyla was placed at number 16 in PWI's Women's Wrestlers Top 100, which is such a big fucking deal. That list is just famous and to be on there is oh it's probably so incredibly surreal and at the moment of my recording this in AEW Nyla has been one of a few tearing through the competition in the TBS Women's Championship tournament and whoever wins will be the first ever TBS Women's Champion so of course I fucking hope she wins but more than anything I and so many others would just love to see AEW give women's wrestling the same energy and focus that the men's division gets. I am not saying I do not love AEW or the women that are a part of it because, oh my God, do I. They have such an amazing roster of women. They just don't give them the same amount of time that the men get at all. And I would love to see that change. That would be so sick. To finish... Nyla created a place for herself in the world of wrestling. She found the little nook when her grandmother first showed her wrestling as a kid, and as she became the person that she is, 
that nook became perfectly nylacized. And I really cannot emphasize enough how excited I am to see her career keep moving forward in what she does. to make it this far i want to say thank you so much for listening queen of the ring was written by me alexa pruitt the music is by Kreider dane of helter skelter music productions if you liked what you hear join me next week <laughs>